We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley is behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. That's a yop aboard on this Friday night. Coming up later this hour, we will talk about some of our favorite plays across the NFL for this weekend. Uh, no Eagles, obviously, on Sunday. So it's it's almost like a bye week Sunday uh, without the Eagles playing after they took care of business last night. So we'll talk about some plays uh, you could jump on on FanDuel Sportsbook coming up later this hour. Your phone calls here on the Phillies. I, I need some help feeling better because I, I am down. My confidence level is shot after last night. Right now, I don't believe the Phillies are going to come back and win the World Series. And it stinks because after 2-1, up 2-1, I was like, they're in great shape to win the World Series. The last two games have been demoralizing. Getting no hit at home. I was at that game the last night. So many opportunities to win that game. And and really, other than Segura, no one could get a big hit in a big spot. And the defense, I mean, Reese Hoskins, it's a joke. I mean, it's a, that, that game he had last night was as bad of a World Series game as you will ever watch a position player have. Four strikeouts and and a just terrible moment in the field. That's a bad game by Reese Hoskins last night in a moment the Phillies needed. Now, if there's one silver lining um, on the last couple games, or this whole series really, that could play itself out again in the next couple of games, Connor Brogdon has reemerged here. Um, so he allowed two runs in his first postseason appearance. Since then, eight and a third, four hits, zero runs, zero walks, 13 strikeouts. Had six outs last night. So he has 13 Ks, zero walks, and only four hits in his last eight and a third. I think he gave up runs in the game one in Atlanta when um, the Braves came back and the Phillies ultimately won on the Castellanos catch. Since then, he's been really good, and he's their answer to Alvarez. They, they've been bringing him into using that changeup. I never feel like I, it's time to get comfortable with Brogdon, but he's pitching well. And we've seen flashes like this from him yeah. in the past, albeit not in a, a huge role like this. But quite honestly, he reminds me of Brian Madsen. The way he's that, that tall, lanky right-hander he just has an all-world changeup. He's able to get people out from both sides of the plate. He, he's been unbelievable. And unfortunately, with the way the series is going, this is a, a performance that might be kind of forgotten and lost to history. But... What he's done for this team in the last four games has been unreal. Yeah, and I think that if they're if they're going to win tomorrow and or Sunday, they're going to need him. Like you think about there's uncertainty tomorrow how many innings Willer could throw. They might need Suarez tomorrow to get through that game. You know, Nola on short rest, really short rests. I, I don't think Nola's ever pitched on three days rest. They would need him on Sunday if they use Suarez tomorrow. Like, doesn't it feel like there's going to be a pocket in one of the next two games where they're going to say, hey, Connor, 
Can you get eight outs? Can you get at least six, maybe eight? Like, it feels like there's going to be a middle of the game, whether it be tomorrow or it be Sunday, if they get there, where they're going to say, we need you. How many outs can you get? And you know what? Maybe he turns into a hero. If he pitches the way he has the last couple games, maybe he will. But I think they're going to need him in a big moment for a lot of outs. To get yeah, and this. probably his biggest outing was game four of the NLCS, where he came in after uh, Bailey Falter, you know, stunk up the joint and gave up five runs and only got two outs. And he came in, got seven outs quickly, yep. shut the the Padres' offense down, and kind of settled everything. There could be an opportunity, whether it's tonight or or tomorrow or, or Sunday, where they need that from him. He, he's been really good at, at kind of halting all momentum. Let's talk to Frank, who's in Beachwood. What's up, Frank? Hi, Joe. Frank, what's up? Sir? How are you? I'm good. I'm good, Joe. I think you know I called in. I call in several times. Oh yeah. Uh, I have a story for you because I want to make you feel better. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know I'm a lifetime Philly fan. My wife uh, was diagnosed with stage four cancer in June, in her jaw, and. Uh, how she went about it, and, and they took out her jaw. They used a fibula bone from her leg. They stuck it in her jaw. You know, I'm going, giving you, you know, down to the exactly what happened in layman's terms. And she's doing well, by the way. So what we did, we're lifetime Philly fans. We wrapped ourselves around this team because, you know, she's laying in bed and, you know, going through treatments and all that stuff. And we really wrapped ourselves around this team. has given us so much joy mean the whole summer long because she had surgery in july and uh, it was it was it was really bad but we wrapped ourselves around this team and it's been such a joy and and great moments and what i feel at this point is that wheeler is a professional athlete tomorrow he knows it's his last game of the year next time he'll be pitching is in spring training basically he'll be training and all that stuff we all know that but here he goes. It's his last game of the year. And he's going to pitch his ass off. And they're going to win that game in Houston. And that's going to set up a seventh game. And it's going to be a brand new year, one game, to decide who's champions of Major League Baseball. And I just have a feeling they're going to win this series, Joe. Well, Frank, I mean, I, you know, it, it's and I, I'm glad to hear your wife is, is doing well and, and things are progressing Thank the right you. way. And um, it's it's I could I could feel the emotion in, in your story, because obviously, as yeah. you two have gone through this together, this team has been kind of like so that, much. like an uplifting thing. Right. You could watch the game. You yeah. can hang out. Yeah. And the game is on it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and Frank, listen, I, I hope they do this for everyone. I hope they do this for you and your wife. And, and, and I, th- I hope yeah. to, I hope your read on Wheeler is right. And maybe it is, you know. I think we all realize at this point, just the way the Phillies have talked between the lines here, he's not physically 100%, but that doesn't mean he can't gut out one more good game. He could. You know, Clement, you know, the, the, the bloody sock and all that stuff. We've seen it in baseball before. You know, get it from his gut, take it out, you know, reach down deep. I really feel he's going to let it all hang out tomorrow, and, and they're going to win. And then again, Game 7, I mean, Rangers should be rested if we get a great performance out of them. Here we go. Yeah, it could be set up this way. Well, that and that's – Frank, I think that's the key and what you just said there. And, Frank, I, I appreciate your call, and you call whenever you want, and, and I, I do wish the best for your wife and hope she continues to feel well and, 
and um, and and stay get in remission and stay in remission. As far as the Ranger thing goes, I think that's the key. Like, if they can get a good start of Wheeler tomorrow and not have to use Ranger Suarez tomorrow, and then have Ranger, who's been their probably most reliable pitcher now for a little while, in in Game Seven. That's that's how they pull this off. That that's it. I mean, I feel you know the Astros did hit lefties all year, and I said that before Game Three, but then Ranger went out there and did a good job, and that that feels like the key. Can they get this thing to Sunday, and can they have Ranger Suarez start that game? Now, if they win tomorrow using both Wheeler and Suarez, are we going to complain? No, we'll just we'll say they're in Game Seven. Let's go for it. Nine innings to determine a champion, but it it, it would change the math if they have Ranger ready and able in Game Seven. Let's talk to Max in Swedesboro. Hey, Max. Hey, Joe. Great show as always. Thank you, Max. What's up tonight? You know, I got a couple, a couple points. And um, that last caller, man, I'll tell you, though, that cancer's rough. I'm a cancer survivor myself, but it just seems like so many people that I know are just getting cancer. And it's, I don't know, man. It's, just, it's, it's a scary thing. Yeah, it, but, it is. I mean, Max, we've all been, obviously, unfortunately, all touched by it in some way over the course of family or friends. And it's... It's it is scary, um, and it's it's tough on everyone. And I, I just I'm always so proud of people that kind of you know are brave enough and tough enough and, and fight strong enough to get through it all. I tell you what, Joe, it almost took me though because I'm a very upbeat person. I was 43 when I was diagnosed, and it it almost got me the bitterness. But anyway, let me tell you, talk about the Phillies. I now you might think I'm crazy, but I don't like the way Thompson's imagined this series. Here's what I was I was telling Tucker. It's the World Series. It's not the World Game. And the problem is he was managing every game like it was an elimination game when it wasn't. And now that you have an elimination game, you kind of used all your bullets. Because the more you bring these bullpen guys in and these hitters get a chance to square them up, the less effective they are. Think about it in 2004. Why do you think the Red Sox were able to beat Mariano Rivera three times? They saw him. Because they saw him all the time. Right. So my thing is, the way Dusty Baker was managing, he was managing like a series. And that, for me, bringing Alvarado into a bases-loaded, no-out game where you're getting no hit, say no sense. Because the only thing you can do there is damage to him. I would at least let Nola go stay in, or if you, weren't gonna, if you didn't trust Nola, bring in another starter who's used to that. You're bringing in a guy who's who's been great, but in the past has had control problems. But now his last start, his last time out there, if you need him in a high-leverage situation in game six, was when he gave up five run runs. So that's the thing that, that I didn't like. I don't. I understand what he was doing. I just don't agree with it because you were managing like you were desperate and you didn't have to be. So, and I understand your point, Max, and I, and I think you, your assessment of it is accurate. Like, he is managing that way. Here is what I'll say on the other side of it, though. I think he's managing accurately that he has the underdog in the series. He doesn't have as many weapons or, you know, arrows or whatever you know word we want to use. Like, he, Dusty can manage that way because he's got so many guys. Thompson doesn't, and I feel like he's managing, like, if I have a chance to win a game or keep a game close, I have to because I, I need all the wins I could get. If I just manage it straight, they're better than us. And I think that's the truth. They have more talent on that team. I, so I, I understand his aggression, right? Like, if I have a chance to win this game, like, game one he kind of managed that way, and it worked out they came back. If I have a chance to win this game, I got to win this game. And I think, too, you know, 
they had a, they had a, one of the topics on the morning show. Would you be devastated if they lost? And I have to say yes because here's why it's different. Because a lot of my buddies are like, "Nah, man, look at look at 2008. They made it 2009, 10. I don't see that same thing with this team. To me, this was a not that it was a shot in the dark, but it kind of was. I don't I don't know if I see long term sustainability like I saw back then. Yeah, Max, I wanted- I agree with you on that, and I, and I hope both you both you and I are wrong. And Max, I appreciate the phone call. I hope I'm wrong on that. I hope and. I think there's more of a chance of it now than I thought maybe two months ago um, because these guys have kind of – they found something. Maybe maybe they figured out how to win. And they're they're not fully old yet, but, you know, they're not also in their 20s either. A lot of these guys are around 30. So long-term sustainability will not be easy. Now, if Andrew Painter turns out to be the next Justin Verlander, it could change all this, and they could they could also sign a star player this offseason to add to this. Like Justin Verlander? Yeah, they could add him. They could have the old Verlander and the new one to add to Wheeler and Noel. That would be quite a rotation in Ranger Suarez. But I do think people kept using the term money in the bank or like house money, but you also don't know how many times you're going to get to the casino here. Like they've gotten to the edge. Devastated is – I think the way they lose this weekend, if they lose, is going to play a role in, in how devastated people are going to be. Like, if they get to Game 7 they lose on a walk-off hit when they're winning, that's devastating. But I don't think we should assume they're going to be back here, like, for two or three more cracks at a World Series. That's hard. I mean, that is hard. I mean, even think about a team like the Astros who they're playing right now. This is their fourth time. This is their third chance to get their second World title and maybe their first legitimate, depending on how you feel about that. But... They haven't been able to crack that nut either. And you think about, even though they have the expanded playoff and everything, I mean, how many miracles have the Phillies needed just to get here? Right? A lot. How, how many great comebacks have they needed to get to this point where they're two wins away from a, a world title? And I don't know. I don't think next year on October 1st we can sit here and say, well, you know, seven-run ninth inning, five-run comeback in game one of the World Series, a four-run comeback in game four of the NLCS, and we'll just be right back here. I mean – it's going to be tough, and they do have some younger players. Like I think their average age is probably lower than the 08 team because they have guys like Stott and Bohm in their starting lineup who are under 25. But for the most part, the guys you're counting on are all over the age of 30. I mean, Bryce Harper's 30. Castellanos is 30. Schwarber's 30. Romuto's 31. Wheeler and Nola are both over 30. I mean, this is an aging core. Yeah, and as far as the young guys, I – I don't know if either will become premier players. You know, Stott might have a chance to become the leadoff hitter and a really good player. I'm not sure if Bohm ever elevates himself to, like, star status. He might just be an okay player or a decent player for a while. And he's young, so that's good. Um, the other thing is, like, you could believe in their future and still doesn't guarantee anything. Like, they could win 93 games next year. Maybe they, they have a higher seed. Did that mean anything this year? We see it every year. The Dodgers win 105. They won 111 this year. They win 100-something games every year. They've won one World Series. And even that one was kind of like half-make-believe in the uh, in whatever they called it in Texas, their bubble or whatever. They, whatever they, it was. The neutral side in It was like a big barn. That stadium looks like a huge silo. Yeah. They, that The only year they won a World Series in this whole run, they've had a decade of being the best team. They've won one. So – yeah, I understand if there's devastation out there if they don't pull this off because the reality is it's not going to be easy to get back, even if they're good, even if they're better. It's not going to be easy to get back. Let's talk to Jeff in Bristol. Hey, Jeff. Hey, man. What's going on? How you doing, Jeff? What's on your mind tonight? Pretty good. Uh, I'm just laying in bed just listening to you guys on the radio. I was watching the Eagles game with my dad, but I came up to make the call. 
Uh, I just wanted to talk about, uh, you know, Wheeler and what is it, Wilson Valdez? Is that who's going? Uh, Fromber, Fromber Valdez. Oh, okay, Fromber. Uh, yeah, I mean, you got two aces going. It should be a good matchup. I kind of like our chances with the right-handed bats. You know, that, that ball flies out of that ballpark, and it, it's probably going to be open. And, I mean, it's only like 310 down the line in, in comparison to Citizens Bank Park, which is 330, 335. So I'm thinking a high-scoring game, even though there's some good pitchers on the mound. Could be, Jeff. Um, and one thing, you know, Fromber's really good, but this is the second time they're seeing him, so hopefully they have a, you know, some better cracks at him. And you're right about – so I was there, uh, Jeff, last weekend for games one and two, and it is short. Like, it, it feels really short. Now, that wall's pretty high in left field, so sometimes the ball will go off it for doubles and not over it. But you're right. The right Tomorrow night needs to be a night where JT, where Reese – where Castellanos, yeah. where they where they get some extra base hits off of him. Right. Remember Rob Dibble back in the day who pitched for Cincinnati? Yeah, of course. Got so mad, and he threw that ball from the pitcher's mound over the the center field wall in, in, Citizen, in Cincinnati. Like, he, he literally, like, beamed somebody, got thrown out of the game, threw the ball from the home plate and launched it into center field, like, 440 feet in the air. Oh, I remember. Yeah, he was he was a good pitcher. Yeah, you got to go back and YouTube that highlight. Yeah. Rob Dibble was the man. But, you know, the Phillies got to go into it with an edge tomorrow. Like, like you know how Nola, like, doesn't really pitch inside? Like, I want to see Wheeler go up and in, knock somebody down, or maybe plunk somebody in, like, in the ribs or something. You know, send a message that, you know, this is, this like, everything comes down to this game. Like, you got to do what you got to do to win. I don't care if, like... You hurt somebody. Like you got to do what you got to do to win. Yeah, they need to set. I agree with you. Setting a tone, uh, Jeff, early, whether it's scoring first or or you know going up and in. Like they need to because tomorrow night the atmosphere I imagine in that park is going to be like a party atmosphere. That those fans are going to be there with the assumption they're clinching the World Series tomorrow night. And the Philly, it's almost like the Phillies need to land the first punch, Jeff. Like if it's if a boxing match, they need to land yeah. the first punch. Last thing I want to say, you know, when you're breaking up like stuff at second base, don't slide head first tomorrow. Like go in feet first and pop up and like, you know, take out slides. You know, if they throw you out of the game, so be it. You go in hard and Pete Rose the shit out of him in the center field. Have a good night. You too, buddy. Some old school talk there from Jeff about the idea of the way the Phillies have to play tomorrow night. I do think the right-handed bats have to step up, whether it be Hoskins or Castellanos or Segura against a guy like Framber Valdez. But here's the thing. I, I was looking at his numbers last week before game two. He's good against everyone, lefties, righties. He's really tough to hit. Do you think we get more, um, z- you know, some zoom-ins on his uh, glove and hand and his uh, his gyrations tomorrow night? I do think that will be a topic of conversation, which I wish it wasn't. I, I, I don't think he was cheating, and I, I think it kind of comes off as sour grapes that the Phillies get shut out again, and, and that's kind of the discussion next week and, and, you know, into the offseason. But I don't know. I, I, I think he's just a really good pitcher. I mean, he's been unbelievable all year. He gave up the least amount of home runs in baseball. I know. Yeah, he's and especially in that park, that's that's pretty hard to do. Um, he will be difficult tomorrow night. And if the Phillies could get to him, it'd be amazing. And if they do, they have a real chance to, to go out of the, get out, get a win. I mean, get out of there with, with a victory and get this thing to Game 7 on Sunday night. You know what, at first I kind of liked the way the schedule was um, with the Friday night game six, Saturday game seven. I don't mind that if we could get a game seven on Sunday night. It would kind of be a – I mean, what's the last game seven we had in, in the World Series? Dodgers, Red Sox? I can't remember if that went to seven or six. But 
I mean, the Phillies, of course, as we know, have never played in a Game 7. Getting to Game 7 would be... I mean, I'd go from thinking like they... Right now, because I... I down on the idea that Nationals could, beat the Astros in seven. So three years ago. Um, game seven would be wild. Like a Sunday night game seven. Like on a day where the Eagles don't play. I know. The emotions that, like, all day, that's all anyone would think about is game seven. Like, it would be, it'd be pretty special if they got to a game seven. If they could go there and win tomorrow night against Fromber Valdez and get to game seven, I do agree with the caller tonight that said the pressure would switch back to the Astros. They'd feel it in that park. I think they would, and I think the Astros did a great job of getting off the mat after Game 3 and fighting back and winning the last two at Citizens Bank Park, but going into a Game 7 at home after being up 3-2 and being you know really the, the presumptive favorite for much of this series, I think would be a lot of pressure on them. Yeah, it would be. Chris is in Dover. Hey, Chris. Ciao. What's up, Chris? How are you? Man. I don't even know where to start. It's just incredible. The whole series, just with baseball, I don't get to watch as much as I want to in a regular season because I work and all, but I listen to you guys all the time. I check the box scores. I'm in fantasy baseball, right? So that keeps me in touch with all baseball players. But this World Series and the playoffs in general, I've watched a ton of it, obviously. It's just incredible, the love of baseball that comes out watching this World Series and the twists and turns and a no-hitter. and a Last night was incredible baseball game. It had everything, right? It, it, it was, and it was incredible theater right down to the last play. I mean, you had offense, you had home runs, you had, I mean, bad defensive plays. And then the, the Chas McCormick play, Chris, for a local guy that grew up a Phillies fan in Westchester, that's one of the great defensive plays in the World Series I've ever seen. Verlander winless in World Series history. You think going in, and he wins his first World Series game ever. I know. The difference is, Joe, I really feel the difference is, and and it's small, but it's significant, is their pitching from top to bottom, meaning their relievers, the starters. Like you just said, Valdez, and I know because I'm in fantasy, right? Valdez and Tucker said it. He gave up the least amount of home runs in baseball this year. The guy is incredible. And Chris, considering the park that he pitches in, in that park, that's amazing to allow that few home runs. It's incredible. And there's and and their guys, their non-core guys, the big guys like Bregman, Jordan Alvarez. I, I don't know if you know, he's got an under a hundred, I think, average for the World Series. And Chaz McCormick. Pena, who, by the way, is going to be a superstar shortstop. That's why they let Correa go, Mm -hmm. because he's so good. And these guys have been the difference where the Phillies' non-top guys haven't done that little bit extra. You know what I mean? And I think that's the one edge that they have. But listen, we win tomorrow night. What's it going to be, McCullers versus Ranger? Game seven, yeah, well, likely, yeah, unless they need Ranger tomorrow if Wheeler uh, can't go long. But but likely, yeah, McCullers and Ranger would start seven. I love our chances, but I know game game tomorrow first. I love our chances. Wheeler has got to pitch. He's got to reach back deep, Joe. He's had a tough series. Him and Nola both have been the difference, really, right, with the way they pitched in the series versus their studs. We need him tomorrow night. This needs to be a low-scoring game. And we, like that guy said before, I agree with that. We need to come out and make some kind of statement 
Maybe we check his glove. Maybe we, Rob goes out there and says, hey, man, makes a big deal about it to get underneath his skin. Something. I mean, you know what I mean? You got to get an edge somewhere. Chris, somewhere. I'm, I'm all for that. I yeah, I mean, I, I'm all, Chris, I pre- always appreciate I'm all for that. I said it after game two. I thought the reaction to was from Valdez cheating in game two where the umpire's checking him. I thought it was over the top. I thought it was a little weak how many excuses were being made. I mean, the Phillies didn't hit that night. He's really good. I don't think he was cheating particularly in that game. But I, I did say after the game, if the Phillies have any reason to believe or just think they can get in his head, he's a guy that's like like Jose Alvarado. He had to go to a sports psychologist. He struggled um, to keep his composure in the past. Even if they don't think anything's going on, send the umpire out there like gamesmanship. Like I, I'm all for that tomorrow night. If that throws him off his game in the second or third inning and he starts missing the zone – I mean, I would do that tomorrow night. What's he? Gonna, what's the worst that happens? He, he's pitching well. The best case is he's off his game, and maybe you, you get him, get to him a little bit. I'm, I'm in on that. Was that game two against Wheeler where Dusty Baker pretty much stopped the game for like two and a half minutes to do a ridiculous replay review? Yep. I mean, same kind of thing. Yeah, right. Just it's it's gamesmanship. If it works, great. If it doesn't, you move on and whatever. It's like no harm, no foul. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Favorite plays over at FanDuel Sportsbook for the NFL this weekend coming up and. I think uh, we'll react to the Sixers when their game ends. And maybe we'll check in our old buddy Ben Simmons, who is, um, I mean, I would say right now he's not really the biggest reason or close to it, but he is part of quite the three-ring circus up in Brooklyn right now with a Nets team that is a complete mess. We'll check in on Ben, Sixers reaction, and favorite plays over at FanDuel Sports. But coming up on Sports Radio 94 WIP. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagless behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. Coming up, we will uh, talk about our favorite plays over at FanDuel Sportsbook this weekend. Week, it's week nine in the NFL. That began last night. Favorite plays for this weekend. Obviously, no Eagle game. Uh, I mean, we could give out some props to the Eagles game last night. I don't know, I don't know if you could play them. I would go Miles Sanders over. I would over. take the over on Damian, uh, Damian Pierce yards. So, how about we go? We would go to Sanders over, Pierce over, game over. Gain well touchdown. Uh, that would you throw that in with the Texans to cover? I bet that parlay would have came out a okay. But of course, you can't do that because that happened already. I'll give you some plays coming up over at FanDuel Sportsbook. Favorite ones for Week Nine in the NFL. 
Uh, before that, though, you know, we, we haven't checked in on our buddy Ben Simmons in a while. Uh, you go up to Brooklyn, and the Nets have become – well, not just become. They continue to be an absolute joke of a franchise. You have Kyrie Irving, who – I mean, the guy is – I mean, seriously, is rocks for brains and has taken that to a level where he's now offending an entire religion. He's now suspended by the Nets for at least five games. Um, I just I have no time for, for him. And I think I thought the earth was flat at one point, so he's lost. Kevin Durant is, you know, probably the least aware basketball player, maybe ever great one. But to leave Steph Curry to go to a mess in Brooklyn, he's getting what he deserves. And then there's Ben Simmons. Here's the latest on Ben up in Brooklyn. How are they feeling about the Ben Simmons experiment with the Nets right now? I think he's been a source of frustration Mm. for Kevin Durant, for others on the Nets so far, because he has been unable, uh, now he's unable to to stay on the floor with a knee injury. But prior to that, you know, he has shown uh, that he is a long way away uh, from being back to an impactful player. I think it's a big part of the reason why the Nets are at the very bottom of the league defensively. And none of this really works. Uh, this team was built and, and, and reconstructed around the idea that Ben Simmons would have to play a really significant role for this team. There's no indication right now that Ben Simmons is close uh, to being anywhere uh, back to anywhere near the player he once was. What, what a shock. I, I love how this is up to the Nets and to Woj. That's Adrian Wojnarowski and ESPN. Like, this is surprising to everyone up there. Like, Wow, this Simmons guy's really not any good. He can't stay on the floor. He's not that impactful. I, I, I love that they're surprised by this. This is one of those things where it's like a collective, we told you so. Like, anyone here could have just screamed this a year ago, like, all right, good luck with that. I love this. Was it Stephen A. Smith this summer? I was like, oh, this is going to work. It's a perfect compliment to Kyrie and Kevin Durant. The Nets, as of a few days ago, were still the fifth favorite to win the NBA title. Has anyone watched them? Remarkable stuff there up in Brooklyn. All right, quickly, a little reaction on the Sixers tonight. Sixers lose tonight, 106-104 at home. Now, they didn't have Joel Embiid. They didn't have James Harden, but the game just wrapped up. 106-104. The Knicks come in here and beat the Sixers. The Sixers were up late watching this game uh, as it it moved on throughout the night. They were up late, and they blew it tonight uh, to the the Nets. Excuse me, the Knicks were 4-4. Sixers dropped to 4 and. Are they four and six now through ten games, or is it four and seven? They're four and six. Not only that, they're one and four at the Wells Fargo Center. Yeah, this has been a great place for them uh, in the, in recent years. So they, they were outscored thirty-two to twenty-one in the fourth quarter tonight. They could not close this one out. Now, uh, Tyrese Maxey, we talked about it before the game. We said if you could find his props to take the over, he would show the load tonight. Tucker said he probably shoot at least twenty-five times. He did. Now he was not terribly efficient tonight. Tonight, I wouldn't say it was a great Tyrese Maxey game. He did have thirty-one points. But that was on 10 of 29, shooting 4 of 13 from 3, including he had a 3-pointer late. Pretty good look, and he did not make he did not take a good shot or he did not uh, shoot it well. It, it you know went almost off the backboard. It was not a good shot at all. So 31 tonight for Maxi, but not efficient. Harris, uh, pretty good, 9 of 15, 23 points. But that was basically the whole offense. I mean, Melton had 12. Um, Harrell had, had 14. P.J. Tucker ch- ch- chipped in his 3 tonight. Uh, it's going to be hard for them to win games without both Embiid and Harden. I mean, that's that's obvious, but you see, you look tonight at how they tried to score, and they couldn't close the game out. That was the problem. Yeah, I mean, that was the big issue. They they still had a lead with about a minute 45 to go, and they just couldn't find anything offensively. I, I know uh, George and Yang hit a three. 
at the end to make it somewhat close and give them a chance to to tie the game late late in the game. But I mean, no one was efficient offensively. They shot thirty seven from mm. the field as a team. They shot twenty seven percent from from three. I mean, uh, Anthony Melton, who I, I think's been fantastic since he got here, shot four of eighteen from the field tonight to go with Tyrese Maxey's ten of twenty nine. I mean, they just didn't shoot well tonight, and unfortunately, after holding. Uh, a, a pretty sizable lead heading into the fourth quarter. This stings a little bit because this is a team that has pretty high playoff aspirations, and even without your your top two guys, I mean, you just got to take care of business at home and win these winnable games. Yeah, and th- tonight was. I mean, the Knicks are not a very good team. Like they're they're a try hard group, and they're I mean they've got a couple. Uh, Jalen Brunson's on their team now, the former Nova star who signed a big contract with them, and he had twenty three points. Now he's a good player. I mean, you, you have R.J. Barrett and Brunson. They're not a pushover team. But still, at home, and look, before the game started, I thought, uh-oh, you know, they're they're playing a team that's not a pushover. They're without Embiid. They're without Harden. Not an easy one tonight, but they were up. You go up in the fourth quarter, you feel you got to find a way to close it out. They were outscored 32-21 to in the fourth quarter. So not great for the Sixers, who really have just flown under the radar because we've been so obsessed with this Phillies run and an undefeated Eagles team. So the next Sixers game is Monday. They'll take on the Suns. The Suns are off to a 6-1 start. Um, this schedule is not very easy as they're missed without James Harden here over the next month or so. Like, I'm just looking at their schedule moving forward. Suns on Monday, back-to-back with the Hawks, like a home-and-home with the Hawks on Thursday and Saturday. The Jazz here next week, and the Jazz are supposed to be the worst team in the NBA or one of the worst. They're off to a 6-3 and start, so that might not be a, c- a complete easy matchup. Bucks after that, Timberwolves, Nets. So I'd say the next week and a half or so is – not easy. They're, this is going to be a challenge for them until they get Harden back. And I mean, is Embiid just sick every day? Is that what this is still? I believe so. I still think it's a, a non-COVID illness, which you, you worry about that. And not only that, but if he really is that sick, how much conditioning is he doing? Is, is he working out before and after every game? And maybe he, he is sick enough to the point where he isn't. And if that's the case, we know from experience it's going to take a couple games for him to get back into shape. He, he could come out and also shoot 10 of 29 from the field and, and be inefficient and, and sluggish on defense. So even if he comes back for their next game, that isn't necessarily a, a no. cure-all for everything they're missing. Well, the other problem with Embiid missing time here with an illness, not feeling well, is he was trying to work his way back physically from the, the foot issue he had in the offseason, the plantar fasciitis. So you, that takes time as well. So is he on his feet? Again, I, I don't know what's going on and, and how sick he is if he can keep up his conditioning. My guess, he's probably not. He's going to have to get himself back in an extra shape when he gets back here. So it's it's not a good start. I mean, it's, just, it's not a good start for a team that I think pretty quickly as, as people are like, ah, all right, well, why don't wake me up when the Eagles and the Phillies are done? But from what I'm, I'm seeing and I'm watching – not a great start. We might be awoken. I don't really want to wake up. Yeah, we might be awoken by a coach swap or coach firing around Christmas time. That might wake everybody up. I mean, it's not unheard of for a team to be hovering around 500 around Christmas time and kind of get hot, right? I mean, even the first year with Embiid and Simmons when they went to the playoffs, they were under 500 going into their Christmas game against the Knicks and got hot, and they won like 16 or 17 in a row to end the season and finish with the number two or three seed in the East. It, it is possible for them to still climb the standings after a, a slow start. Yeah, um, the, the Celtics did this last year. I think the Celtics were under 500 right around New Year's Day, and then they were you know, the best team in the NBA, certainly in the Eastern Conference, from January 1st until they made the NBA Finals. So, that I mean, it's the season's not over. It's super early, but not a great start here. 
for the Sixers. 215-592-9494 to hop in. We can throw the Sixers in. Of course, the Phillies. I, I have to say, I think the people tonight have done a pretty good job. I feel a little bit better. I mean, if you ask me right now, do I feel like the, the Phillies are definitely going to go to Houston and win two games? I don't. But I do feel a little bit better. I don't know if it's just the emotion of some of our callers or Tucker talking about Taylor Swift. By the way, we had a listener earlier who very much appreciated, I got a message, very much appreciated the Taylor Swift reference and thinks that we need to have more of that. Was it a female listener? Yes. That's one thing I'm trying to do is is grow our audience into that mid to late 20s female female uh, category. I mean, you can never have too many people listening to the show, and that's uh, that's certainly a demographic that Yeah, we... I mean, everyone talks about men 25 to, to 54 as the main demographic. Not for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking for women aged 23 to 31. Um, so... <laughs> Not personally. I was going to say we should just cut that audio. So um, Kimberly sent us a message saying she is 100% here for all the Taylor references. Please bring them. Um, And then I went and and looked at her her profile. The third thing it says is lover of Taylor Swift. Well, there you go. So I think this is is beyond just like a – normal reference i think this is, we have a super taylor swift fan listening to this i get show. it i mean we appreciate it you have many options out there to listen to what you want to do and you're hanging out with us listening to taylor swift and us and we, we threw the references but the bottom line is i do feel a little bit better as this night's gone on don't you think eventually a philadelphia team just has to come back from being down three two yeah i just feel like it's never happened in my lifetime so why not now Eventually, the the law of large numbers should work out to where it just it just happens. Yes, um, yeah. I mean, eventually it's going to happen, right? You get in the playoffs enough, you play enough playoff series. Eventually, you're going to come back from a big deficit and, and win a, a something special like this. The one thing I, I think for tomorrow that we haven't talked too much about because we keep making it about Wheeler and Suarez and who's you know how many innings they get at Wheeler tomorrow. They really need a lead early tomorrow, like a first inning lead. I know last night Schwarber responded with the home run and they tied the game. I, I was down there in Houston last week. That crowd felt nervous energy. Like, I think they're used to now blowing World Series. They did it to the Braves. They did it to the Nationals. The Phillies came back 5 nothing. There's a nervous energy in there. I don't think they're a very confident fan base, even though they have the more talented team. They just don't strike me that way. I believe if the Phillies get up tomorrow night early, first inning, second inning, two-run home run by Reese or somebody, there will be nervous energy in that park. And I'm not sure how the Astros respond, how Dusty responds, how that team responds. My fear tomorrow is they get up early. They get two or three runs off a of Wheeler in the first, and then it's like, oh, no. It's like it's loud, and it's just a it's an atmosphere where they kind of are counting the outs down to a World Series championship. That worries me more than anything else. I, I agree, and this is a Phillies team that's done very well when they score first, right? I don't think they've blown a, a big lead outside of that lead in San Diego where Aaron Nola blew a 4 nothing lead. They've done very well protecting these. I mean, look at their bullpen. Outside of that Alvarado mishap where he came in for Nola in Game 4, their bullpen hasn't allowed a run in the World Series. The, the Eflin and, and Sir Anthony Dominguez and Bilotti and Brogdon, you go down the list, they, they've all been fantastic at shutting down the Astros, if they can jump on Valdez early, you don't need six or seven, but if you can put up two or three in the first couple innings and and just scratch out an early lead, not only do I think that would pretty much take the crowd out of it, I I think that would give a lot of confidence to this team. Yeah, I think it would too. They need that tomorrow night, and and hopefully Zach Wheeler can pitch 
at a decent level. I'm not I'm not at the point where I'm expecting like I'd be su- really surprised just based on reading between the lines if the Wheeler that pitched doesn't it feel like a long time ago that Zach Wheeler pitched a, a historic game against the Padres to start off the NLCS? And he pitched great in the closeout game too. It's not that long ago. No, I mean he threw what six innings, gave up two runs in the the yeah. second game against yeah. San Diego or the what it was the second start fifth game, but I mean that was a week ago. And it, it feels like forever. It feels like it feels like a high performance car that suddenly ran out of gas or something stopped working. Like this thing was zooming, and it was like wow. And now it's like, are we sure they can get out of the garage with this thing tomorrow? Yeah, it it certainly is worrisome because as much as we want them to get off to an early lead, I mean, think back to how Houston attacked him early. The four pitches into the game. It was 2 nothing. Yeah, and hopefully that tomorrow is the opposite. They need runs early, and they need to get something. I'll, I'll take five innings and a run or two out of Zach Wheeler before the bullpen comes in and takes it over. All right, tomorrow night should be fun. So tomorrow I will be on after the uh, the game with Tom Kelly. We'll do extended post game tomorrow um, with TK. But right now, before we, uh, we, we get anywhere else on this show, I think it's time to go over, fan, go over to our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook and look at my favorite plays for the NFL this weekend. I usually... We do this with the Eagles, right? We'll put it together a parlay, a same game parlay. I think we did one recently on a Monday night game with the Chargers and the Broncos and almost gave you a full hit over at FanDuel Sportsbook. So I'm always on FanDuel. Last night I put in a same game parlay. And what's really cool is you could put in a same game parlay plus. Like you could you could combine bets from multiple games into one. In fact, last night uh, I do the BetQL Daily Show on the BetQL Network and we put together one last yesterday before the games uh, a Philly-Philly parlay. Now, it didn't hit. But I was excited about it because it combined a bunch of props from each game. You could do it. Uh, you know, you could pick a baseball. You could do one, the Phillies. If we get to a game seven on Sunday, you could put them in with a bunch of NFL props. So, uh, yet, yesterday, I'll tell you about the one we did yesterday, and then I'll give you the, my favorite plays for this coming weekend. Yesterday, put in one for the World so World Series game five and the Eagles-Texans. Yesterday, we had a same-game parlay, same-game parlay plus, two different games. Phillies money line. Schwarber home run, over 7.5 in the baseball game, Marsh 2-plus total bases, Eagles first half, Sanders over, Hurts touchdown. Now, I mean, only, what, like three or four of them hit it. It was not a winning parlay, but it was fun. You could do it over at FanDuel Sportsbook with the same game parlay, the Philly-Philly parlay yesterday. Here's what I got for Sunday. Here are my favorite plays for Sunday over at FanDuel Sportsbook, uh, and you could combine them into to one big parlay. So I'm going to go with a couple games I like. And then a couple props as well. Here, we'll start with the games. A couple underdogs I like. And I wouldn't be surprised if both went outright. First one, I can't believe that the Seattle Seahawks are an underdog in Arizona on Sunday. I mean, I don't want to admit, the Seattle's a better team. They have the, a quarterback playing at a higher level. They have a better coach. They just played this team a few weeks ago and beat this team a few weeks ago. And I think they are very well equipped to go on the road in a place that doesn't really have a home field advantage. We just saw Arizona a few weeks ago. And win the game outright, I will take the two points with Seattle on the road against Arizona. Second fair play this week over at FanDuel Sportsbook. I like the commanders with Taylor Heineke to cover the number at three and a half against the the Minnesota Vikings. I, I know Minnesota's 6-1. and one. Their only loss this season is here. Feels like a really weird spot for Minnesota on the road. And the commander's defense has got a really good pressure rate this season. They've gotten after quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts was able to kind of navigate through that and throw the ball down the field. Kirk Cousins has not handled pressure nearly as well as, say, Jalen Hurts did. I, I believe the commander's pass rush 
will get to Kirk Cousins, force him to throw the ball earlier than he wants, kind of take away some of the advantage he has with his receivers against the commander's secondary. I will take the three and a half points. Washington keeps it close. I wouldn't be surprised they upset the Vikings on Sunday. So I'll go Seattle plus two, Washington plus three and a half, and then I got a total I like. I think what the Falcons and Chargers, interesting game on Sunday, they both do one thing offensively that the other team can't stop defensively. So the Chargers are the worst run defense in the NFL. They're even worse than the Eagles right now. They're allowing like five and a half yards a carry. And all the Falcons do is run the football. And they run it really, really effectively. And I, I think they will have a great game on the ground between Marcus Mariota uh, Algier, Huntley, they can run the football. And I guess tomorrow we're going to find out if Cordell or Patterson is going to come back in that game. So they could have their full complement of running backs and the, and the quarterback runs it as well. I like their side on offense. And I also think the Chargers, after a bye week, probably the best that that uh, Justin Herbert has felt in probably a month because of the rib injury he has. I think they'll move the football. Austin Eckler's going to have a ton of catches, ton of yards. I like the over in that game. That feels like a high-scoring game on the track, in the Dome, in Atlanta, and remember the Falcons, after what P.J. Walker did to them last week, I mean, if P.J. Walker's doing that, I think Justin Herbert could do it. And that game went to overtime. I always think teams off of overtime games, that you're lethargic the next week. I like the over in this game. Give me over 49.5 in the Chargers and the Falcons on Sunday. I think we're getting a, a high-scoring game down there in the Dome. We could use it. In our, with our fantasy team. Yeah, that, that would certainly certainly help. So who do we have going in that game? We have um, uh, the the wide receiver we picked up, Palmer. Joshua Palmer. We have any other Falcons and or Chargers? That's we may guy. not. I, I like that one. I got a high-scoring game. I think Palmer has a big day. So I like Washington plus the three, Seattle plus two. I, I mean, we have Geno Smith. I mean, the people need to know how our fantasy team's doing in the WIP League. Uh, Tucker and I are, are we're in the thick of a playoff race despite losing our quarterback, Trey Lance very early in the season. We've and regrouped. our second-round pick, Javante Williams. We've regrouped. I, I have to say, I think it's one of the better coaching jobs in our league this year. Just notice that. I I completely agree. Yeah, I mean that's because it's it's we're doing it. So we're yeah, gonna... I mean, like, could we say Turtle, who has like 200 more points than anyone else in the league, is having a better season because he has Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs on his team? Maybe. But, that's but you don't win manager of the year for having the best team. No, that's You tra- win it for your best coaching job throughout the season. That's draft night stuff. He had a better draft than we did. We, we are yeah. piecing this thing together, and we're in the and thick of it. And we had things. a work of Phillies game the night at the draft. You're right. I mean, that, yeah. And you know what? And we got beat to the punch. We were about to take Hurts. He got taken by our, our brand manager here. So, I mean, things happen, but we're, we're competing, and I think we'll get some big points on Sunday over Chargers and the Falcons. All right, two more, and these are props for you over at FanDuel Sports. We could put it together in, in a big same game parlay. I'm going to go over one and a half touchdown passes for Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's done this six of eight games this year. He didn't even do much on Monday night. It felt like they didn't play well, and he still had two touchdowns. Joe Burrow over one and a half touchdown passes is almost an automatic play for me each week. And it's it's pretty interesting. When, when the Bengals have struggled offensively with Joe Burrow, when they've lost, when they've struggled, haven't scored many points like last week, they've bounced back in those games. They've averaged over 31 points per game after being held under 20 with Burrow at the quarterback position. Over one and a half touchdown passes, Burrow against the Panthers. Last one for you, Jones, 
Aaron Jones of the Packers has torched the Lions. Like, he owns the Lions. He's averaged like 143 all-purpose yards against them last three games. Lions' run defense is horrendous. Their defense is horrendous. They're firing coaches over there. Give me Aaron Jones over 64 rushing yards this weekend for the Packers. So Burrow over one and a half touchdowns. Jones over 64 and a half uh, rushing yards. You can also look at his prop for rushing and receiving. Commanders plus three and a half. Seahawks plus two. And the Chargers and the Falcons over 49 and a half. What do you think of those plays, Tucker? I would add in Carolina plus seven and a half against Cincinnati. Oh, you think we're getting a close game? I, I do. You look at, at Carolina or Cincinnati, they're missing their top two cornerbacks, Mike Hilton and um, what's his name? Uh, Chidobe Awuzie. Yes. He, he's out as well. And this is the third straight week that P.J. Walker has gone up against backup cornerback tandems because Atlanta was missing their top two cornerbacks, and so was uh, Tampa Bay mm. two weeks ago when he beat them. And not only that, I mean, Cincinnati's missing Jamar Chase. And I know T. Higgins is, is having a great year, and Tyler Boyd is probably the best number three wide receiver in football, but Carolina's defense is sneaky. They they have a decent secondary. They have a decent pass rush. They could make it close. I, I don't know if they win, but seven and a half is a lot for a game that I'm not sure it's going to be all that high scoring. Yeah, and I don't think the Bengals coach is a great coach. I know he was in the Super Bowl last year, but Zach Taylor's kind of a – he's just all right. So I don't think he's out schemes and, and kind of blows the doors off him. I like that. So we'll throw the Panthers plus the 7.5. Throw it in the same game parlay over at FanDuel Sportsbook and have yourself a weekend. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow night after game number six. We'll be on with TK for an extended post game. Hopefully – getting ready for a Game 7, or we'll say goodbye to the season. It's weird to say after this crazy run. You guys have a great night. Uh, and, of course, coming up next, it's what I'm watching for, what to watch for, sponsored by Xfinity, the fast internet in Philadelphia, and the sponsor of Xfinity Lounge. I'm watching and listening. See what Sean Bell has to say. He's up next on Sports Radio 94 WIP. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.